0: For joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com where you click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, please check out the thousands of art- articles and podcasts updated daily over at AmericaOutloud.com. Hope you're all coming off a great weekend. We got a lot to talk about once again tonight, of course, always after the weekend, there's a lot of news, but what we're going to start off talking about tonight is Sam Bankman Freed and this FTX scandal and how convenient it was. That He was extradited and arrested from the Bahamas like a day before congressional hearings where they're actually going to get to be able to speak to him, ask him questions about this fraud. Instead, he was a no-show. They ended up doing the hearings. It was uh, enjoyable to see uh, Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank go at it with Elizabeth Warren. But we did not get the Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, questioning by the republicans and as we know he is their second largest donor so that stakes to high heaven he was arrested at the time that he was arrested Uh, rob how are you doing tonight and what are your thoughts on sam bankman freed being arrested right before his congressional hearings
1: well i've got more than a thought or two on sam bankman freed because my uh, reach on this is going to cover Both of the two SAMs, Sam Bankman Fried and Sam Britton, who's supposed to be of the nuclear waste in the White House. Now, I want to start with him first. Well, well, first of all, thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And the reason why we're talking about the two SAMs is because the left doesn't want to talk about them. It's because this is an important news story, it's more important than Megan. And Prince Harry and their Netflix special is more important than Donald Trump and his NFTs that he's putting out there. It's more important than Biden and his Christmas holiday party. Although that could be important also because I'm understanding that he had a lot of weirdos at the holiday party. But the two Sam's is extremely important. Why? Well, for one, the first Sam, Sam Brenton got security clearance, and he's sitting, or was sitting in the White House. It was also important is that he was arrested, not recently, but some time ago, and the story is only now coming out. Why is that? Why is it first that he was able to get security clearance, and when you Google him, you'll see that not only did he have an alternative lifestyle, but he had a lifestyle that was completely north and south of anything else. But that's okay. Because the media doesn't want to talk about him. He's non-binary. He likes to walk around in women's clothing, wearing lipstick and a mustache. No, that's okay to each his own. He's an adult. But the fact that this man in the Biden administration conducts a seminar on how to be a puppy, on bondage, we should all be concerned. We should also be concerned of the fact that we were unable to get his mugshot. We were unable to get the video of him stealing luggage, not once, but twice at an airport. Now, some would say, well, that's no big deal. It's a big deal because Pete Buttigieg is over transportation. He's over the airports. So did Pete Buttigieg have something to do with us not being able to get the mugshot and the video? The same way we're unable to get the video of Paul Pelosi being arrested for drunk driving? This past spring, the same way we can't get the video of the police going to his house to help him after he called the police that some man, a nudist, was in his house? Why is it? Why can't we get, why don't we have access to any of this information? Now, if either of those two men, or three men rather, Paul and the two Sam's, had been conservatives, the media would be talking about it nonstop. And one element that they would talk about is that security clearance. Remember Jared Kushner? Back in 2016, when he couldn't get security clearance for the White House and how the media made a field day of it, talking about, well, he shouldn't be there. Why is he there? He can't get security clearance. Why can't he get security clearance? Is there something shady in his background? No, I just gave you Sam Britton's background. There is something shady there, okay? And it's not just the only – the alternative lifestyle. What else has Mr. Sticky Hands done that we don't know about? But they're bragging about him. Oh, he's the first non-binary. He's the first this. He's the first that. The media has hidden this story. They have buried the story. They don't want us to talk about it. And any conservative who's saying, well, it's not important, then you're not a conservative, okay? Because for too long, we have sat there and watched them destroy conservatives, and we've just rolled over saying, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. That's the way the game is played, okay? You need to start standing up and calling this stuff out. I don't know why Fox News isn't talking about it. Now, the Washington Post, not the New Washington Post, but the New York Post had a big expose on the guy. But see, this is how we lose elections. This is how we're unable to get ground because we roll over and say, oh, that's not important. It is important because if we had to go with, I think, half of a year talking about Jared Kushner not being able to get security clearance, there's nothing there. But with Sam, there's something there. Okay, let's move on to the next Sam. Sam Blankman-Fried. Now, everyone in the financial industry knew that this guy was nothing but a big joke. Why is it that our politicians didn't know it? Why is it that we were slow to move on this? As soon as we found out what he had done, look at the media. They were slow to report on it. And we just can't blame CNN and uh, The Washington Post and MSNBC because there were news outlets on the right also. They just looked at it and just just chose just to roll over. Had this been someone in Trump's orbit, they would talk about it nonstop. Again, this is how we lose ground, because we look at it and we say, it's a no issue. It is an issue, and we need to talk about it until it becomes an issue. This is how we lose ground. This is how this information is not disseminated the right way. People don't know about it. And then we start wondering, well, I want, well why isn't anybody, what, what do you mean? We don't cover it. But if it's a lie, like with Russia collusion, we'll talk about it. I was watching the other day, Fox News. Brett Bear, every day in 2016, knowing that it was a lie, the Russia collusion, he always brought it up. Well, will they remove Trump from the White House? Well, would this happen? Will that happen? Joe Biden has committed an offense against the country by not protecting our borders. That is an offense, an impeachable offense. Why isn't anyone talking about it? We had fake allegations about Russia collusion. And everyone, well, maybe, he should be, maybe Maybe, we should impeach him, and maybe we should invoke Article 25. There is no there there, but they would have made it there. Look at the impeachments that we had for nothing. Joe Biden has committed an offense. He has practically sold the country out. No one said anything about it, which is, oh, well, no, we can't. This is wrong. The fact that he had Sam Britton security clearance, we don't know how he got it, who did it, they should say no. We need to bring Joe in and question him. But no, they won't say anything about it. Now that the Republicans will take control of Congress in the new year, let's see what they will do with their power. Will they sit back on their hands and not say, we're going to call Joe in? Because had it been Trump, they would have talked about it and called him in. You see the different parallels? Rules for one, not for the others. It makes absolutely no sense. Heather, thank you for joining us tonight. What are your thoughts?
2: Thanks, Rob. Well, I think we've seen a double standard for many, many years in many ways. And I think that, uh, you know, the media in this country is very much in the tank for for the Democrats. Uh, And it's it's uh, from my standpoint, led to a lot of dysfunction and corruption. Um, You've heard me say it many times, but the media is supposed to be the the watchdog, not the lapdog of government or one party of government. But we, you know, we, we live in strange times. And I think that, uh, you know, the the rise of Elon Musk as a uh, kind of a citizen journalist is an interesting development in our time and a positive one. We see that, um, you know, as a, a part of the reaction, I think, to this longstanding um really uh, dysfunction and monopoly on well it isn't really a monopoly because of people like yourself and and uh, you know fox news and i mean there are some conservative voices um in media and and you but you know we definitely need a corrective and i think that uh you know it'll be interesting to see it'll be interesting to th- see how things unfold from here
1: but i wonder can things unfold yes. can we get this ship straight? If we don't have the buy-in, and, and I, I don't want to use the word buy-in, but if other news organizations don't end the biasness and start reporting on facts. Now, everyone thought it was great when CNN got rid of its top guy and said, well, we're bringing someone else in. But then they started letting people go. They started shedding some of the reporters. And those reporters, albeit they were dangerous, but they weren't the key reporters who were pushing fake news. And it was fake news, and it is fake news. They want the cute reporters who would come out and report on a story like Sam Britton. Until you go in and really clean house, and I mean really clean house, and fire people, and say, we're not going to have this. Now, I know that when John Malone was taking, he was coming in with Discover, they were taking over CNN. They were saying, oh, there's going to be major changes because he wants CNN to go back to being a news organization. But at this moment, at this time, it remains to be seen because you still have the Anderson Coopers and the Don Lemons, the Jake Tappers and all the others still there. No, I don't want anyone to be without a job, but I think what has happened, certainly with these two, the two SAMs, the scenarios that I've given, is that these organizations aren't concerned when they think that it's going to affect the narratives that they want out there. There is no reason why, we should not be talking about Sam Britton, and questions should be raised. We should also be able to link. it. I mean, this I very easily linked him to Pete Buttigieg. Though so someone would say, "Well, why would you do that?" I mean, I don't want to make it seem as if though I'm reaching for straws or trying to uh, put something there that's not there. But I'm just playing the game the way they play it. And someone said, "But that's not fair." Yes, it is fair because that's how they have won elections, and. Until, the, until they change the rules, we've got to play with the pieces that they've given us. Pete Buttigieg is a gay man. He has done absolutely nothing to be the secretary of transportation. As soon as he got the position, he went on vacation. He went on paternity leave. No one knew where he was. Had that been anyone on the right, they would have been talking about it. Why is it that Pete is given so much leeway. Well, I'll tell you why, because he's a gay male. And that's part of the narrative that they want to sell. Oh, gay man. Oh, he's gay and he can do this and he can do that. That's the reason why they wanted to push him to be the president. This man has no qualifications to be the president. None whatsoever. But they're making it seem as though he does. Okay? No. Linking him to Sam Britton. They all sit in the same circle. Well, Sam Britton happens to be Chastain or chastity, or whatever he calls himself, Pete Buttigieg's friend, close friend, his husband, as he want to say. They're connected. So I'm sure that he probably gave a call to the media and said, oh, don't cover this because he's having an issue. He's just having a moment. The same way Michelle Obama contacted Kim Fox in Chicago and told her to bury the story about Jussie Somalek, the same way Michelle Obama got in contact with Twitter upper hands, upper management, and said, okay, we need to kick Donald Trump off of Twitter. Hmm, you see where terrible. I'm going here? Yes. Hmm. See, th- those are the stories that we don't know because people aren't listening. People don't see it. Hmm. If CNN hmm. doesn't report it, MSNBC doesn't report it, no one knows. But this came out
2: that How Michelle you,
1: Obama... Yeah, you, you read this or, or... Yes, it came out. Michelle Obama, within the hmm. Twitter files, reached out to Twitter and said, you see, we need to get rid of hmm. Trump. Now, this was always suspected Back in mm. 2017, that she wanted Trump off. Now it came out. Right. No one's saying anything about it. Why did they say anything about it? Because she's a black woman. She was the first black, uh, by, uh, first black first lady. So we can't say anything because it'll hurt her. It 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 might jeopardize her life.
2: You know what? It might jeopardize her presidential run. I mean, I'm not saying I know she's going to run, but I've suspected they're going to run her. And you know, hearing this only. Um, reinforces my hunch because I never really saw her as being somebody who um, had a lust for power so much, but maybe she does from what you're saying. I mean, if she was doing this stuff behind the scenes and, uh, you know, trying to get people kicked off Twitter and influence investigations, I mean, that's, that's, it's concerning. And it also kind of on a personality level suggests that she does want power and, you Know maybe maybe she would run. Anyway, that's taking things in a different direction. I'm, I'm a little concerned about that, to
1: tell you the truth. Well, well, I that's think. that's interesting because I never took her seriously uh-huh. that she wanted to run or that she <laughs> would run, but now that you said it and looking at looking at the influence that she had behind the scenes, maybe there is a po- that she is looking at it, or she wants to be the king master, she wants to manipulate the pieces on the chessboard. But it has been exposed, like I said, Jesse Somalette Mm. and then her reaching out to Twitter saying we need to get rid of Donald Trump. She did the same thing with Rosie O'Donnell. Not Rosie O'Donnell, but Roseanne Barr. But she she said, yes, because her good friend Valerie Jarrett was attacked, we need to get rid of her. Michelle Obama is not the nice person that people think she is. And we need to have a show about this and talk about her. And her divisive Mm. books that she's writing, talking about her hair, talking about they didn't want this. It's, again, (laughs) When it's about the left, they want to pretend as if though they, they, they're they these little saints, sanctimonious mm. individuals.
2: And I always saw her, I always perceived her. One of the things that I, I sort of liked about her was that I figured, even though I dislike her politics and her views, I didn't think she was an underhanded person. She seemed oh, like she someone who kind of just told it kind of the way Trump did. I mean, you kind of know who, what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with and You know, she didn't strike me as a uh, deceptive person or someone who, you know, just because she's out there with her views and she's, you know, blunt at times. And I but so this is it's interesting to hear that she was went behind the scenes to try to you know, to try to, I mean, I, I guess technically what, what to, to try to influence Twitter, I mean, that what was her position then, Rob? was, was That wasn't when she was uh, first lady because that, that would have been before all of this Twitter stuff, right? I mean, well, Twitter was around, but I mean, when she did that, those things or allegedly did those things, do you know what her position was? Was she the first lady at that time?
0: A uh, former first lady.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh huh. So I don't know if that's technically, you know, illegal. Or I mean, you can try to influence something or ask somebody something as a private citizen. I guess it seems improper somehow, but um, it seems very heavy-handed to me. Um, but I don't know that that's illegal. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, it's that time of the year again. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, looking for a great gift for a friend or a family member, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy cell vitamins work at the cell level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. You go to Healthy Cell and check out the great products, and you can now save 25% off with the promo code OUTLOUD, HealthyCell.com, and use the promotional code OUTLOUD at checkout to save 25% off your first order. Thank you, Healthy Cell. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest, New York Post journalist Heather Robinson.
3: Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We're heading into a busy holiday season. That means lots of strains, uh, difficulty with sleeping, concentration, and threats to your immune system. This is a perfect time to stock up on healthy cell. Focus in memory for better uh, mental acuity. The REM sleep supplement for a full night's sleep with good sleep architecture and a great restfulness when you wake up the next day and then the Immune Superboost which provides your immune system all it needs in a microgel formulation to keep your immune system healthy and to be able to fight those viral and bacterial pathogens that are just around the corner with holiday gatherings so when you think about the holidays think of Healthy Cell go to America Out Loud Talk Radio website click on the banner bar to get to Healthy Cell and get a discount on your first purchase Let's get real, let's get loud on Americot Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health.
0: Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity
1: You know, Heather, you were saying, going to break, talking about Michelle Obama, and Andrew uh, said that she was doing a lot of this when she was, you know, she had left the White House. But the fact that she has a certain amount of power, and that power being that she was the first Black first lady, that that's, that's a huge amount of power. And she can pick up the phone and ask for favors and have people to do things that you or I would not be able to do. I wouldn't be able to go to Twitter and say, okay, you need to get rid of Heather because I don't like what she's saying. They would probably laugh at me. But if Michelle Obama were to tweet that or just reach out because she's able to call the top execs at Twitter, she knows Jack Dorsey, they've probably gone on vacation together or they travel in the same circle. And we also have to remember, and this is what I'm doing connecting all the dots, is that it is a small circle and that some of the people that are at these big tech companies had worked in the Obama White House
3: mm-hmm.
1: or Bill Clinton's White House, started out young, of course, mm-hmm. and they moved from there to big tech. Or if they didn't work in the White House, they worked on a lot of the campaigns, Hillary Clinton's campaign. So they segue from there to big tech and vice versa. And I kid you not, if you were to go and look at some of the senior management in a lot of these big tech companies, you will see that many of them have close ties to Obama, to Hillary Clinton. Either they worked on the campaign or they worked in the White House and Joe Biden. It's like the symbiotic relationship whereby incestuous relationship, rather, whereby they're all connected, six degrees of separation. And it's probably not that far. So when I look at a story like Sam Britton and how the news covered it up and they still refuse to talk about it, I think Greg, Gutfield is the only person who's talking about it nonstop. Now, I'm yeah. sure some people are saying, oh, we're tired of hearing about this, but how can you be tired of hearing about that? And you weren't tired of hearing about Jared Kushner not being able to get security clearance and how he could be a threat. Now, think of the ways that this guy, Sam Britton, could be blackmailed. Now, I'm sure what he's doing is, like I said, he's living his life completely open. Where are the feminists? Why aren't they saying, wait a minute, this is not what women, this is not the definition of a women. This is not how, we, how women are. But see, in his sick mind, yes, I'm saying sick mind, because these individuals are sick. Okay? They're sick. And we need to get a psychiatrist who's not biased to go in and help them work through these issues. But I think what has happened over time is that people have just given up on it and say, oh, well, there's no use. Let's just let them live their lives. Okay, let them live their lives. I'm okay with that. But the moment they start trying to force that and push it on our children. With drag hour, drag story reading, taking our kids to drag shows. That's adult entertainment, not kid entertainment. What's next? Porn for kids? But Look at the whole hoopla with them saying, well, we were trying to get porn off Twitter. No, they weren't. Jack Joyce, wasn't trying to do that. Yes, I'm going to go on a limb and say it. If he doesn't like what I'm saying, he can sue me. He was not trying to get porn off of Twitter, okay? He knew that it was there, Kitty porn. A lot of these people are complicit, and they're okay with it. They want us to think that they're trying to get it off. But they're not. You know, it's
2: interesting, Rob. I just had a conversation with someone I care about very much here in... in uh, I'm in small town USA right now. And, um, you know, he sounded sounds a lot like you, Rob. And you're a, you know, big city man. And, you know, you guys have a very similar perspective. He was asking me, you know, why is this happening? How is this happening? Who are these people? You know, how did people who... Uh, you know, say there's no such thing as boys and girls and, you know, dressed in drag in front of children. How did they get access to children? How did this happen? Who is behind this? And I said, I, you know, I don't really know. I don't know the answer. The only thing I can say is that the hard left in this country is very powerful. And my, my sense of it is a lot of Democrats either believe in this or they you know, are afraid to go against it. And I think the establishment Republicans are too. I think everyone is so terrified of being labeled a bigot that this is the weapon of the hard left. That's the only thing I can think of. I figure, I mean, unless there really is a conspiracy, a cabal somewhere of people and this is coming from China. And I mean, I know people who believe that, you know, that this is a kind of concerted effort to, to fracture and, to uh, corrode our culture or something that it's an orchestrated, uh, you know, hit job on our culture. I don't don't think I believe that. I mean, but I think it's some combination of decadence, you know, being a wealthy country, basically, despite the hard times we're having now, um, you know, it's a country where we have first world problems for the most part, right? I mean, the vast majority of people here, have enough to eat, have a, you know, place to live, have, you know, education paid for by the government, you know, up through their late teens, you know, have uh, all kinds of programs and things. So basic survival is not a question so much. And there's all this, you know, time and energy to be spent on other things. And I think, you know, some of it's that, but Anyway, I mean, I guess I, I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I'm, I think some of it, too, to be fair, may be an outgrowth of the American tradition of individuality. You know, the, on the upside here in America, we are a free country, the most free country that's ever existed. We celebrate the individual and the right to make choices to bear arms, to speak freely, to, you know, handle your own finances and healthcare to, you know, and this degree of freedom is, is, you know, almost absolute for an adult, as long as it doesn't directly infringe on the rights of another. So, you know, in that sense, I, I think it, you know, it's not a positive development, but it's something that. You know it reflects the creed of individuality and I'm with you where I'm with you. I mean where I get off the bus is when it comes to teaching children things that are adult issues. Um I don't think it's appropriate. I do think we need to say no to that and and be you know courageous about it. And in I think it's pretty clear, you know, line of demarcation. You know, as an individual, as, as a grown person, you have every right to your sexual preference and your identity issues and what you choose to do about them but you know you shouldn't be indoctrinating children into any of this in the public schools or in the libraries so you know i think it's i think it's pretty simple and i think we need to you know give our politicians that
1: message and that's the problem because people aren't afraid that they will be ostracized. They will be attacked. And we've got to stop being afraid. We've got to get on the front lines and start calling this junk out because our children, our children's lives are at risk. They're unable to live, to be, to live a life of being a kid because there's all this pressure of sexualization. Like I said, this guy, Sam Brenton, I mean, why is he the out there? And he's not the only one. You have all these other transgenders and transvestites in Biden's White House. They're pushing an agenda. And we know that it's wrong. And we won't say anything because people are afraid. You look at this character, going back to Blankman Freed, look at him. When he, as soon as we found out What happened to FTX? He should have been arrested. Although he was in the Bahamas, they should have said, we need to bring him back. But they didn't. They waited. They wanted to see if there was going to be an uproar In America. I mean, this guy was going on speaking tours. He was speaking. I don't have time. My schedule is booked. He was so cavalier as if, oh, no big deal. And then we're we're looking at this closely, and we're seeing that this guy never kept any records. You know why? Because he was busy giving money to Democrats, $39 million. And not only Democrats, let's just just call it out the way it is. Because the rhinos, like Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Murkowski, they all benefited from the larges of FTX. Why is that? He wanted to keep these people in power because they have circumvented our government. They have a chokehold on our government. And we, the people, are paying the price. And when you don't have people like CNN and MSNBC reporting on this, people assume that everything is OK. A lot of people know nothing about this Sam Britton case. And they're thinking if they do find out, they'll say, oh, it's no big deal. I'm like, oh, really? It's no big deal. So if that's no big deal, why did you think that Jared Kushner not being able to get security clearance was a big deal? Well, uh, uh, because Trump – no. Why do you think him not getting security clearance was a big deal as opposed to this man who runs around saying that he may be a man, he might be a woman, stealing women's clothing? Who knows what else he's done? Why isn't that a big deal?
2: Well, he wasn't. And forgive me, I don't mean to interrupt, Rob. But he, I guess, one reason might be that he wasn't really as as high in a, as high a position, right? I mean, he wasn't really somebody. He was
1: over the nuclear. He yeah. was over a nuclear waste. That's really? high enough. That's important. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Well, and again, the media is playing it down, and mm-hmm. the fact that he was connected to Pete Buttigieg's boyfriend—that's why mm-hmm. the story got buried. Mm-hmm. We, well, it's again. It is corrupt. You. We need to look at this and we need to call it out. But the fact that, again, CNN, MSNBC and The Washington Post aren't reporting on it. People are completely unaware. But when Trump was in office, everything they did, it was at a heightened level. And now that we found out that there was no big deal there, why aren't people up in arms about the FBI? Yeah, and the CIA colluding with Twitter in a backdoor door? Spying on American citizens like Rudy Giuliani, trying to bury a story that could have affected, that would have impacted Joe Biden's run for the office. Joe Biden is in office. Look at how the media keeps playing him up as if though he is the greatest, he is the best. Someone even said that he's done more for our schools than FDR. That was Randy Weingartner, who's the president of the Teachers Federation who destroyed our school system. She's now saying, oh, Biden was the best. I think he was even better than FDR. And you got a lot of people oh, running and around believing scores that.
2: scores are way down for kids all
1: over the country, right? Bingo. Bingo. Mm. Bingo. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, these kids are completely clueless. But uh, Sam Bankman freed and seeing his influence over the politicians in Washington, D.C. I mean, this is one of the reasons Trump became so popular, right? People are sick of Republicans and Democrats taking handouts from elitist and companies like FTX. I mean, you look at all the rhinos who took money from them. It's the same people that were against Trump and along with the Democrats. And these are the people that are neck deep in corruption. And this is a big reason why President Trump was elected in the first place is the American people are sick of these people elected in Washington, D.C., taking handouts and money from these foreign corporations and um business owners just so they can have favor when it comes to vote for their bill.
2: Yes. Yes. And how much corruption did uh, we see? I mean, there's look, nobody's even asking any questions about all the Biden connections to Ukraine, all the money that appears to have been laundered through there. Now we're we're in a war, folks, which, as you know, I, I think that Americans have absolutely zero Uh, business being in, uh, how much of that is due to corruption and conflicts of interest and and things that these politicians were doing using that country, you know, that we're supposedly so concerned with about the Ukrainian people, we're supposed to be so concerned. You know, I think they've been pretty royally used, those people, uh, by certain people here in this country.
1: So they have the they have been used, as you said, and it's unfortunate, but we don't have a media that would point it out. And if these other news orgs don't point it out, people are completely unaware of it. You get information by drips and drabs, and that is the reason why we come on all the time trying to point this out and hoping that something would be said that would ignite a fire and someone would say, hey, did you hear what those guys said on After Dark with Rob and Andrew? Because no one else is calling it out. The fact that the CIA and the FBI were, in, were colluding with Twitter to suppress information, to suppress free speech. And I even heard some people say, well, you know, it's a private company. They can do what they want to do. You know, if he wanted to do it, OK, if that's the case, why is everyone up in arms over the fact that the owner of Twitter, Elon Musk, decided to suspend some reporters? I don't care if he won't. Well, he, they said that he doxed them. Well, he shouldn't do that. Private company, buddy. Why can't he do it? Now, everyone's up in arms, but when they kicked off Donald Trump, why does it was kept? Oh, well, he can do – it's like don't you guys see what has happened? They have poisoned your minds, having you to pay close attention to something that's so insignificant. I don't care if Elon Musk kicked off those reporters. I don't care if he would have kicked off everyone. It's his company now.
2: He did it because they published his address. Correct. It wasn't that, if I'm understanding right, it was not that he kicked them off because he disagreed with their views, or you know, was offended. I read something about how the, the, these reporters published Elon Musk's address.
1: Right. But here's the other. Here's the other side of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, only drips and drabs of the information is coming out. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he said, OK, I want to dox you guys because you put, out my, you put out the location as to where I was. OK, now it had happened before. He said nothing about it, but they did it again. And unfortunately, wherever he was, there was a stalker that started following him and his child. So he said, OK, I'm going to suspend you for seven weeks. Now, Mm -hmm. he didn't have to do it. Like like I said, they had done it before. Or was he trying to make a point? Because then he came back and said, I don't care who you are. Journalist does not get preferential treatment. You have to obey the rules just like everybody else. And to me, that was a tell-all sign. But the media didn't run with that. They didn't say that he said, we have to obey the rules like everyone else. It was more so, look at what he's doing to free speech. And I thought he was okay with free speech. And I would have said, put the pause button on. You guys mm-hmm. said nothing about free speech when Twitter kicked Donald Trump off and other conservatives. You see what I'm getting at here? Yes, no but all also- to defend, no one wants to defend yeah when it happens to conservatives but when it happens to the left well you know he said this he said that it's his company he can do what he uh, wants to do go ahead um, it wasn't the same thing because he
2: wasn't suspending them because of their speech he was suspending them for publishing his location so it was a safety issue for him and his child whereas trump and the others were suspended because of course i guess they would have defined that as a safety issue but the reality is plenty of people were suspended from Twitter, you know, in the past because their views were unpopular, you know, well, they, well, yeah. according
1: to Twitter, according to Twitter now that we now know that they were just making it up and they said that they suspended Trump, not because of what happened on Jan 6, but because of content. You see, this information is not making it to the public square for us to be able to decipher it and to discuss it. And the right. media is trying to hide it. They said that they suspended him, not because of Jan 6. They were already planning on suspending him. Maybe Michelle Obama had got to them, but then they made up something. Well, we'll just say content. And we got rid of everyone else. So while we thought we were kicked off, Because of Jan 6, according to the documents, they did it because they said of content. So they were just making it up thanks to Elvis Chan, who was a cybersecurity guy for the FBI. People should be alarmed. People should be out in the streets. And we should demand that our that our, our political body, our government, comes clean as to what they're doing.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely Rob. However, I did not like Elon Musk suspending the journalist, um, even if it was for doxing. I'm a free speech absolutist. I think everybody should be allowed on the platform, no matter what your views are. And I mean, absolutely everybody should be on the platform and not suspended unless if they're calling for violence against a group of people or something like that. I could see uh, reasons for pulling their account down. But other than that, I do not agree with it. And I think that's the problem that the right has is because we're so into free speech. We've been censored and banned so much ourselves. We don't want to see people on the left banned. We want to see them have their voice on the app and whatever app that they want to get on. So we're not going to be here screaming from the Mountaintops to ban people or to cancel people just because that is not how the right operates. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud iHeartRadio channel, which is available Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest Heather Robinson to talk about her latest article in the New York Post. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Kofix Rx, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD For 20% off, stay protected with RX. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold.
1: Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America
0: Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: Okay, folks, so I think we have just like talked about this, the two Sam's and Twitter and and all these other shady deals that's happening with our government, albeit very important, because at some point, we need to get to the bottom as to whether our government is corrupt. And I hate to say it but I think that it is under the current administration. And it's so corrupt that you have the Biden administration giving in to many on the left who hate Israel. They could care less about Israel. You got the AOC brigade, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, some of the hateful things that they've said. And even under the uh, Obama administration, he couldn't care less for Benjamin Netanyahu. And, you know, they had actually had him, his whole thing, like all sealed up. He's done, he's finished, yet still he's back. And one other thing we have to realize, because we always talk about countries interfere with elections. I do believe that Obama, when he was in office, he did interfere with the Israeli Mm -hmm. election. I do believe Mm -hmm. that he tried to get Benjamin Netanyahu out. I know that, Andrew, you don't care for him because he called and congratulated Biden when Biden was uh, supplanted as the president. Because I don't think he was elected fairly, and that's my opinion, and I will hold true to that if the left can hold true to their opinion. But that being said, we need to get to the bottom as to our country and this administration being corrupt. Now, we have Heather on, and I'm going to tile this in together. We're talking about Israel also mentioned Ukraine and the money that the Biden administration is just willy-nilly given to Ukraine. And now we know that they're going to give them all these huge missiles. We're in a war with Russia, whether they want to say it or not, but it's through Ukraine. And it's most unfortunate. And if we had an honest media, they would let the American people know. Wake up. Look at what this corrupt administration is doing to you under the guise of something else. But Heather recently did an article. I think it's for the, was it the Jewish Journal, Heather? It was a Jewish News Syndicate. A rather interesting piece, and it's on a former Iraqi parliamentary uh, supporter of peace with Israel. He's now faces prison and execution. Yes, Share with this Heather. with us, Heather.
2: Yes, his name is Mithal Al-Alusi. I've worked with him for many years, um, probably about 15 years. He was, uh, at one time, one of the top uh, officials in the de Commission during the time that the Coalition Provisional Authority was in charge in Iraq. He was an exile, a human rights activist, a true champion of human dignity and liberty who had been sought by Saddam Hussein. Um, for execution um, in his youth. And he fled to Europe at that time. And he remained very faithful to the cause of Iraqi freedom. All the years he was in exile, he's a true Iraqi patriot. And um, he engaged in uh, activism over the years. He, you know, built a life elsewhere. But after the U.S. liberation of Iraq from Saddam Hussein, and people forget that, you know, for all the, the... the downside that followed, and the you know, t- there, there were there were Iraqis who were grateful, uh, very grateful, because they had been uh, tormented and tortured by a genuine bona fide uh, tyrant in Saddam Hussein. And so he returned at that time, uh, I guess it was um when was that two thousand and uh, around two thousand and three. Um, he served in the de Commission. Anyway, he went to Israel to promote counter-terrorism cooperation and peace, normalization between Iraq and Israel, which would have been a huge step forward. Uh, and and he, um, you know, he's a, a peacemaker, a real bridge builder, a man of ideals. Uh, when he returned, uh, terrorists connected with Al-Qaeda murdered his two sons. Some people thought that uh, they were looking for him. Um, his sons were in his car, um, and they they were murdered. It was a horror, and he Mithal refused to leave Iraq. He refused to. Uh, give up his ideals he remained there at great risk to his life and was elected to parliament three times despite campaigns of propaganda against him he was labeled a zionist agent which in iraqi society is a slur um he's you know i wrote about him for many years and i and others in america were very fearful that he you know we didn't know how long he would be alive but miraculously he did survive several assassination attempts including once where assassins destroyed his home, um, And, you know, thanks to advocates here in America and the efforts, I'd say somewhat belated efforts of the U.S. government, eventually a couple um, uh, members of Congress, uh, the late Tom Lantos and Christopher Shays of uh, Connecticut, did uh, help him move into the Green Zone, which was the fortified part of Baghdad, where um, there was more security. And maybe thanks in part to that and to whatever other forces are in the universe, he has survived these years served with distinction in parliament now this latest awful development is that the Iraqi parliament um, has voted to to resurrect a Saddam Hussein era law that makes it illegal to deal with Israel. Um, the, any dealing with Israel, even in business, is punishable by imprisonment or death. And so they have sent him notice that he is to be, uh, I don't even, to be honest, I'm not even sure if there's been a trial or if there is one, you know, he's been condemned Um by his own government in which he served with distinction um, by, you know, on the basis of this, this, frankly, you know, backward and intolerant, law. Uh, And it's very dismaying, first of all, for him, because he's a great man, and this is the absolute opposite of what he deserves. But it's also dismaying to me as an American who knows people who served in Iraq or or service members who served with such courage to help those people, um, to liberate them from a horrible tyrant. We all know Americans who were injured there, you know, lost limbs, lost years, lost lives in some cases. And Frankly, I'm angry as an American to see this kind of backward thinking. And also, frankly, this discrimination against America's allies on the part of uh, a country um, that owes America a great deal. And, you know, I mean, they they have their own government. It's autonomous. They have the right to pass the laws they want. But I think it's really lousy uh, of, of these people. And, and you know what? It's not everybody in Iraq. It's it's it is, you know, quite a few people. But. Mithal al lucy has supporters too. He's, you know, been elected many times, and there are people there who are pro-America, who are not virulently anti-Israel. And those people have a voice. And you know, this should be a government that protects minority rights, uh, in my opinion. So that's the situation, you know, in essence. And those of us who know Mithal are very concerned for his life, and we are um, trying to raise awareness about what's going on and, and to get him some protection, um, and to raise awareness about this to you know to get um, our government to express its uh, displeasure to the the Iraqi Parliament for doing this.
1: Now I was looking at the article and it mentioned here. He said that my children, my three people, three people, and all. One of my bodyguards and my two children died as heroes. They assassinated his two grown sons. Mm-hmm. and Now they're coming or potentially coming after him because the law that has changed going back to when Saddam Hussein was over Iraq, that if you help try to work with Israel, death. Yeah. What keeps him going? Why would he, I mean, put his life out there? mm mm-hmm. Well, knowing what the consequences could be is, you know, the penalty is death.
2: Yes. Well, he's because he's, you know, he's a he's a real he's an Iraqi patriot. He is he believes he, he still believes in this dream of a democratic Iraq. He says he's a truth teller, a fearless person, a great moral courage and physical bravery. And he says that. That he's, that they, you know, they've taken his children from him, they've now taken his home, he has dedicated his life to, to truth and to progress, real progress, you know, not, not just, uh, anyway, he, he, this is a person who really stands for the ideals that the progressives in the world claim to stand for, you know, real tolerance, real bridge building, peace, not endless war, you know, endless, stupid war based on people being whipped up over issues they don't even understand. I mean, this is a person who values human life, whose sons were murdered because they went to build something. And he doesn't want to turn around and run away. He, he's, you know, He's willing to die for, for his ideals, but those of us who know him and care about him, you know, really desperately hope that won't be the case. And we think his voice and his life are important. You're, and we, we are asking for some kind of intervention from the U.S. government to help protect him. He's not asking for that, but I am. Um, and also I would like for our government to express itself on this point. I mean, I, I do believe there's been some statement made uh, about the law, I think, at the U.S. State Department, which I'm not usually a huge fan of, but they did find the backbone to say to the Iraqis that we do not approve of this. Um, you know, I, I, I feel attention should be paid to this man and his life. He is the epitome of everything that the U.S. supposedly was in Iraq for, to do—to build a, a genuine democracy that upholds and protects human, including minority rights, um, a modern society in which people have opportunity, including opportunities to do business and prosper, um, a society where women have rights and people have uh, the right to their own religious and political choices. This is what our brave troops went there and stayed there. Need I remind everybody for decades of peril to their own lives and limbs to help secure. And this man also has sacrificed more than his life. He's the real thing. And if, if our extended presence in Iraq and all the, the hardship and the horror that, that accompanied that for many Americans and American families, if if that's to mean anything quite frankly someone like this should have the full throttle support of the US government and if he doesn't i do not know what our troops sacrificed there for you know this is nothing nothing against our brave troops uh, who did everything that was asked of them and more this is really a plea to the US government if there was any point in our presence in our protracted presence in that country we should be protecting and championing the real Uh, the Iraqis who really do care about their country, you know, who are not slaves to Iran, which is what, by the way, al says many of the Iraqi politicians who voted for this this law, this backward, you know, resurrection of the past and Saddam Hussein era repression, these people who voted for that, Mithal says, are not true Iraqi patriots. They are on the payroll of Iran. And this is why he's being persecuted as well, because he calls them out. He says that some of them are literally bribed by Iran, that the, the Iraqi freedom that our American troops worked to secure. Is being eroded and corroded by the Iranians now. That they're bribing politicians, that they fund militias, and they've funded terrorism all along. Um, so, so it's you know it gets complicated, but it's also simple in that you know if, if there was any point to our intervention there, surely you know you we know, maybe we can't do everything and we can't control another society, but. There are people within that society, Alalusi, alusi Nithal being the epitome of, of this per- type of person who care about freedom, who care about human rights, who want a, a future, a bright future to be able to deal with other democracies and go in business. People like this, we should be supporting. So, you know, this is a plea, really, and I thank you for letting me come on to discuss this. It's a plea for Americans to talk to their members of Congress about this man. His name's Mithal Alalusi. He's a three-time uh, elected parliamentarian in Iraq who's facing potential imprisonment and execution. We should tell our elected officials that this man needs and deserves America's protection and support.
1: Sound as if, though, he's encountering what we're encountering here in America. You have people that are being paid, by other individuals, by lobbyists, to do their bidding as opposed to us looking at what really matters. I was reading the story said that he's also in support of the Abraham Accord. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was a huge deal getting Israel and several Arab countries to come together. Now we have planes from Israel flying mm-hmm. over Arab countries. And I don't think, again, that Americans are fully aware of this mm-hmm. because the people mm-hmm. on the left want to suppress it. That was a huge victory for the Trump administration it and then was. moving the embassy to Jerusalem. And now you have mm-hmm. this gentleman in Iraq who's saying, look, we need to wake up. We need to stop all this fighting, stop all of it, and let's get with the program. And you mentioned that so many times, Heather, when you've come on the show. You know, Mm -hmm. look at look at uh, Ukraine, the constant fighting. Why won't someone say, guys, let's get together and let's solve this because we're not getting anywhere anytime soon. More people are being killed and dying. But we need a few good men like L.O.E.C. to stand up and say enough is enough. Yes, I'm putting my life out there. My children have been killed, but I am willing to stand up for the cause, no matter what it takes. Those individuals are true heroes. They're mm-hmm. the people that we should put out there. They're the people who realize what's at stake, and they're willing to put their life on the line for it, so that many will live to end the back and forth and the endless bloodshed. So I mm-hmm. hope that our government is listening. I hope that they're looking because something needs to be done, Heather.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well said, Rob. Very well said. I mean it's
2: some of this fighting that we see in the world I mean is just it's just back and forth and it's not constructive it's and and the really the victims tend to be children disproportionately in the way warfare is fought today they tend to be civilians um, it, it's it's quite terrible and you have this is a person who does speak for peace um, and he he does have the Gravitas, he has put his life out there, as you said, again and again. And those of us who know him know him to be a real Iraqi patriot who still believes that there's a a democratic and a free future in Iraq. And uh, he we need him. We need his voice, we need his life, and we need to stand up for what our brave troops went there and stayed there, supposedly to secure. It's not okay to just um, allow Iran, uh, allow terrorists to uh, take over there. And I'm not suggesting we re-engage militarily, but there's a lot in between you know, re-engaging militarily and completely abandoning true allies like this. I don't think we should do that. Um, I think we should, we should support people who uh, support democracy and freedom and, frankly, who support America. And this is a man who has always been loyal um, to us and to our allies. And he's everything that we, you know, our troops, you know, sacrificed to to uh, bring to the Mideast.
0: Yeah, very well said, Heather. Thank you so much for coming on and doing that article and bringing awareness to the situation that more people uh, need to know about. Thank you all for joining us on After. Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, or wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up or a five-star review if you can, or go to AmericaOutLoud.com. We'll see you guys next time, and remember: stand for something or fall
3: for nothing.